So it's stuff like that that, to me, has been like the most fascinating brain-body connection, how we can manipulate our connections. You know, do we actually have control over it? You know, I believe that all humans are operating the greatest machine ever created, but none of us have a user manual. You guys are video gamers. I mean, you both know, right? <laughs> True. Yeah. So, like, think about it this way: first time you, first time somebody plays Mortal Kombat, you're gonna get three three options, right? Somebody that picks it up and they're gonna look up the controllers. Hey, how do I use this character? Somebody that's gonna be the button masher and probably give up pretty quickly, and then somebody that might be in the middle of I'll figure it out as I go, and you can adapt pretty well. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at the the whole brain body connection. You either really focus on it and try and get good at it mash the buttons and you give up quickly or you're going to be that person in the middle that you'll stay vigilant and keep going and you're going to figure it out at some point that is a great comparison i, I love really it. like that <laughs> thank you i thought about it so because you guys are gamers <laughs> how can i relate but this now you can use i gotta relate this mm-hmm. to them somehow but only with other gamers of course everybody else might be what the hell is a button masher <laughs> i'm sure most people know what a but i would assume so i don't know that's just me never mind well, it's kind of self-explanatory, though, isn't it? Button mashing? I suppose you, to a degree. Video games you, are mainstream enough now that yeah, you get think that. So, okay, so now that you're into all of this, and uh, we know that you do CrossFit, was it your experience with CrossFit that got you interested in all of this, or were you interested before you started CrossFit? Because your, your life path was completely different before we got to this. Yeah, so it was definitely the CrossFit path that kind of led me to where I am today. Uh, that would be a little simplistic to say that it was CrossFit that kind of brought me in there, though. Um, but, I mean, really, you, the two of you know my story better than others, obviously, listening would. So at one point in my lifetime, about a decade ago, I was close to 300 pounds, um, I was smoking probably a pack every two days, drank like a fish. Those were pretty much all my coping strategies was eat, drink, and smoke. Um, so, a lot of people, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 100%. There, there's so Hi, many people out there. my name is there. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I am holding a twisted tea right now. Uh, no, but I mean, I, honestly, it was, um, it was, you know, really getting into CrossFit was kind of the gateway that re- helped me realize that there's a lot more out there for me. Um, but what led me to CrossFit was looking for some consistency. So I had lost a good deal of that weight, but then I'd put it back on, lose it again, put it back on. Uh, and finally, I just needed something to keep me honest, keep me consistent, working every day. So what drew you to CrossFit as opposed to traditional weightlifting? Because myself, I I kind of lean towards traditional weightlifting and you'll be happy to know i got myself a gym membership on friday i got to get back into it i got to drop some pounds myself but i'm more towards the traditional weightlifting um you know you probably hear the excuse from everyone else so i don't think i'll be able to do crossfit honestly i think i'll break if i do crossfit because i see what you guys do so what led you to crossfit instead of going the traditional route yeah, so I started out actually with Spartan races, if you're familiar. Yes. Um, that I was the one. I remember you running those, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted something to keep me consistent that was long term of, all right, hey, that's six months in the future, but I have to work to get to that point. So that's really where I got my starting point. And then I got hooked on doing the races. I loved the atmosphere. I loved the camaraderie of everybody out there. And I'm very much an extrovert. So that's also, you know, why I fit well into CrossFit, into a community like that. Um, but it was really the Spartan racing, knowing I want to get better. How do I do that? 
all these people in CrossFit, you know, they're doing amazing things. I should probably step foot into one of those gyms and see if that could help me advance. And as it turned out, it became the Spartan replacement because I just absolutely fell in love with CrossFit. Uh, gosh, within the first, I would say two months, I was just hooked because it was, I was doing all these things that I never thought my body was capable of. And I just wanted more, more, more. What does that feel like to be able to do this next thing? So it's kind of like a drug. See, now you get a, you get a little bit addicted. I'm going to throw back to you here for a second. You you lean more towards the traditional weightlifting, right? Yes. But why? When were you in the best shape of your life? In the best shape of my life? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming you have something in mind. Yeah. Uh, are you gonna? Are you gonna? Wow. When you played organized sports, yeah. When you had somebody coaching you, pushing you with well, other people yeah, there, yeah, okay, pushing you. Well, I had that college the, baseball, and I had weightlifting on the side. That was that. That's where I see how like cro- like I'm up in the air right now. I don't know if I'm gonna start going back to the Y and lifting, lifting, or CrossFit, like because I like that part of CrossFit where you have people there. Pushing, pushing you. you like like it's a high school fucking sport where you have somebody there driving you to do more and you know it's funny it's it's not even just necessarily the coach because um you know it, i i think you guys both know that i just passed actually two years that i've been coaching now at crossfit honesdale as well um and you know the big thing that i found is that it's more of the shared suffering aspect that pushes you through than anything so it's less having the coach in your face you know that's really not our model our mentality there either it's you know obviously encouragement look for technique form that's what we're there coaching for and obviously the encouragement but it's when you're in a workout like that and you look around you regardless of whether somebody's doing a scaled version of the difficult movement or the most difficult movement that shared suffering comes in. We're all sweating. We're all dead by the end of the workout. Regardless of what you did or how you got there, it was hard for everybody. And that's the where the camaraderie comes in, the community aspect of it. And for some people, that sticks. Uh, you know, that's a great feeling. For others, they prefer to, you know, hit the hit the weights by themselves, hit the road, run by themselves, and that's okay too. You know, mm-hmm. whatever gets you up off the couch and moving and staying healthy, by all means, go do it. Yeah. Okay, so now when when we asked if it was CrossFit that got you into it or if it was before that, you said it was kind of CrossFit, but that was kind of simplistic. So what's the more detailed version of this? What what was the trigger or what made you really want to go down this path that you're taking? So I would say that I'm going to try and give you the the longer version. Uh, we love in, the in long a, version. <laughs> in a shortened it. sentence. So... We, with uh, the team at CrossFit Honesdale, we had done a Zoom video with uh, a gym up in Freeport, Maine, the Distance Project, uh, owner David Bidler. Great guy. Uh, and he had suggested at the end of our call, which we were doing some collaboration, learning a little bit of what they're doing in their gym, trying to help, hey, can we model some of what we're doing here or borrow some ideas? Really, it's all about collaboration uh, in that aspect. And uh, he had suggested we read a book called The Oxygen Advantage by a guy named Patrick McEwen. And I picked that up right before I got married. And I read that on the plane going to our honeymoon to, you know, to our destination while we were there and back. By the time we were back from our honeymoon, I had torn through the book. And it fascinated me to no end. It was all about breathing, the oxygen advantage, how to optimally use oxygen, what's going on in our bodies and why it's important if we 
learn to breathe better. And all of these conditions, stories of people with asthma, COPD, ways to reverse them. And it's not necessarily everybody can fix it, but why wouldn't it be worth your time to do free exercises to see if you can make your conditions a little bit better? So that was what got me started. So then after reading Oxygen Advantage, I wanted to know more. And so I would just pick up the next book and I just start to find that all of this stuff in the self-development world, breathing practices, meditation, it all is intertwined. And the science behind it, I'm a why guy. So learning a lot of the science behind it was what just kept me coming back for more. Um, So that is the slightly shortened version. But (laughs) more recently, uh, I had heard a quote from a guy named Rory Vaden, who is the co-founder of a company called Brand Builders, I believe it is, uh, Brand Builders Group. But his quote was, you are best positioned to serve the person you once were. And when I really thought about that, you know, I think to myself, wow, you know, I'm a CrossFit coach now, but I, you know, I used to be overweight. I used to be a smoker. I used to be a drinker. I used to be angry. I used to be depressed. I had suicidal thoughts, you know, all of these different things that you know, I had been through in my life and I've overcome all that. I have a much different mindset today and I am positioned to serve people that feel that way. And I feel like it is my calling that I am, I work well with people. It's my calling to help people come along for the ride with me hey we can get you past this it's not always going to be easy but it's worth it that's awesome my mind's like that that quote i had to sit there replay through my head like two or three times and i was like holy fuck that's deep (laughs) yeah so how how old are you now chris you're a little younger than us right 34 years old. 34 okay so you finished college how long ago I graduated from Bloomsburg in 2010. In 2010? Yeah. Okay, and what was your course of study there? Uh, It was secondary ed math, so I had originally gone to school to be a math teacher. Math teacher. And what are you you doing now? I am wrapping up my time as a financial advisor. Uh, I had been working as a financial advisor for the last three years, and prior to that, I was working as an assistant to the advisor for the previous four years. during my time there, I got my master's, uh, my MBA in finance and accounting, and I am taking a hard left turn out of the business world altogether <laughs> to follow this path now to seek to start a business uh, to bring this awareness to other people and help people discover a little bit more about how they can take control of their own physiology and their own bodies and be more of a pilot instead of a passenger in their lives. Yeah. So it might seem a little odd that I kind of went all the way back to that point in time, but I kind of wanted to make a little side note on how little we really know about ourselves when we're in college. Like, I talk about this with my wife all the time, and we often say that you don't really know who you really are until your 30s. Like, it takes time to grow up. Like, you're an adult when you're out of college. You go to college, you have an idea in mind what you want to do with your life. But as the years progress, you really find out a lot more about yourself, and you find out who it is you want to be and what it is you want to do and it seems like that's really true with you and the path that you're starting to take now are you are you nervous about kind of branching off and and stopping your career to chase your dream chase this passion years i i can't say that i'm nervous uh that's good you know i've found especially over the last 10 years or so uh that running to the fear 
is usually the best place to be. Uh, as long as it's a good, healthy type of fear, of course. Uh, it definitely is a major life shift, but I believe in myself enough, and I have a great supportive wife. Um, that right there is huge. Big time. I mean, she's the one that was helping really give me that extra shove because I've been wanting to do this for a while, and it's really been you know her voice the entire way that's gotten me through this whole uh, soul-searching process because at the end of the day, you know, I'm in a union now and I have to hold up my end of that union. And, you know, I don't expect, I, you know, we don't live your typical, uh, husband, wife roles. You know, it's not, it's, Oh, I got, gotta go be the breadwinner at this. It's not about that. It's about, Hey, we have a marriage. We want to get by together. We want to live the life that we picture together. Um, and I'm just afraid that I don't want to drop the ball on my end and cause us not to live the life that we want to. And that was really, you know, again, her, influence to help me get to that point that okay i can do this i believe in myself i know how to make money if push comes to shove i'm a very marketable guy in a lot of other areas i don't have to be chasing a dream and doing what i love to make money and to help us make a living but why would have a I? hell of a career to fall back on if if it ever came to that like that's never gonna go anywhere Exactly. And, you know, they say, you know, the degrees, nobody can take that from me. Uh, I'm proud of the fact that I've earned them. But I think more than anything, those prove to me that, A, I know how to learn. And B, having the degree in education, I know how to teach. And I spent four years working in the mental health field after uh, Bloomsburg, working primarily with children with autism, uh, some with OCD, ADD, you name it, different diagnoses. So I'm not a stranger to mental health in general either. And... I've seen what's out there, and I've lived uh, through some dark times myself. I've watched other friends live through dark times and pull themselves out of it. We've pulled each other out of things, uh, out of these situations. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't say I'm nervous about it at all. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I just don't know where it's going to take me. I know that I have a starting point, and you always just hear, just get started. No idea where the end point's going to be, but I'm excited to find out. That That sounds familiar. When we started off the podcast, not that we make money off the podcast, but we had that conversation where we're like, let's just get started. Let's just do it. <laughs> just do it. Let's do it. So it's it's good that you're not nervous. That's a positive note. It's um, it's great that you've got your wife's backing and support and that she's going along with you. And I love that uh, you guys have a true partnership, that you don't have to have this idea that you need to be the breadwinner. That's That's how it should be. Marriage should be a partnership. So now let's get into the specifics. You're chasing your dream. You want to start your own company. So start from the beginning. What's your idea? You said that you want to spread the awareness about health and wellness. Let's be specific about it. What exactly do you want to do? So I think when when people hear the term health and wellness, too often it goes to how often are you going to the gym? What are you eating? And that's usually where the conversation stops. And for me, it's so much more than that. And it took me plenty of time to learn that myself. You know, that's us- that's what I used to look at health and wellness as. Hey, I need to lose weight. I need to get out. I need to run more. I need to exercise more. And the more time that I spent trying to better myself, the more I realized that it boiled down to my mindset. Because, yeah, I could want to work out in a particular day, but... I feel like crap, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, whatever the case may be, and I can't get myself off the couch. Well, how am I going to accomplish anything if I can't get past my own self to just get me up and moving, to eat the proper foods? So 
it, it, that's when I realized that I needed to do plenty of more work on myself, you know, my mindset, learning more about my health. What else is there? Um, and that's really what I would like to bring to the table. I think that's a great starting point for most is that uh, when you're sitting down with individuals, you know, some people are ready to receive, hey, this meditation might be a good approach for you. Breathing practices might be a good approach for you. Maybe we want to start with being in the gym, but everyone's different. There's no one size fits all approach and it's got to be tailored to the individual. And that's really more what, especially working one-on-one with people, what I want that business model to be. But I'm also working on presentations to do professional development uh, with companies. So looking to get my foot in the door with local companies, do presentations in larger group settings to help educate people about the things like we just talked about uh, prior to getting started, the box breathing and uh, the lemon example that we did to bring those things to just to get people interested to realize that, wow, I have a lot more control over myself than I realize. And maybe I need to start paying a little more attention to myself every day. Okay. So, so the main idea is kind of to be um, a health and wellness coach. Is, is that what it is or is it something more particular than that? Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've also heard the term life coach thrown around. People have asked me about (laughs) that too. So, yeah, call it what you want. I haven't really put a specific label on it yet, but I mean, I think that would be a, you know, health and wellness. Yeah. Something along those lines would be a great way to kind of encompass that. And broadly speaking, who also provides education to larger groups. So you're going to throw public speaking in there. You're going to go to the big corporations. Have you thought about doing, um, presentations at schools and whatnot? I have. In fact, um, I've thrown out my feelers there, so I'm not going to name names, you know, schools, things oh, along no, those right. lines. But uh, I have absolutely thought about that, you know, working. The, the biggest reason that I moved away from education was I just didn't like where our educational system was headed. I was going to be a math teacher. I was going to be teaching to the test, PSSAs, you know, that it just, to me, some of the greatest teachers I ever had brought their personality and creativity into the classroom in a way that I felt like was going to be taken from me. Now, that's not to down the teaching profession in general. There are plenty of people that have capabilities to bring their own personality and their uniqueness to the classroom in today's environment. Um, I'm just not built that way. The way that I would have preferred to do things uh, in my own classroom probably would have been a little bit farther removed from what would be considered standard. But I think it really boils down to personality. A lot like a math teacher we had in high school. Yes, very much so. Fucking loved that guy. He was amazing. He had his own personality. When he would make his head fucking explode because he'd look at the little pinwheel that he'd mm-hmm. bring out. Fucking amazing. And he did a lot of this work, too. You know, psychology, yep. mindfulness, you know. All well, he didn't things. even have a degree in math, I don't think. His degree was in psychology, and mm-hmm. in the state of Pennsylvania, that gave him the certificate to be able to teach math. Yeah, yeah. If that's what your degree <laughs> is in, all you need to do is sit down and take the, uh, the test for math. As long as you have an education degree you can go take different content areas, the test, and then be certified to teach that. So um, I think that's probably what, yeah, I think this is what he did. So how do you want to, how do you want to market this? Um, uh, It's kind of like a broad question. How, Mm. how are you going to go about advertising your work? Um, I guess that's the question I have. Like, how are you going to get the word out? How are you going to reach out to potential clients and stuff like that? Is it going to be through, through gyms are you going to make i mean clearly you've already made phone calls to different areas i'm just curious 
Yeah, and it's going to be uh, you know various combination. Um, I'm looking to start to build a social media presence a little bit more. I haven't put any work into that yet. I still have a couple months left in my current role uh, as an advisor, so I've been kind of working on things behind the scenes a little bit too. Um, so I'm trying to you know eat the elephant, as they say, one bite at a time, um, and just kind of focus on where I need to be in particular moments of you know what what I'm currently building, but. Uh, you know, making those calls, reaching out to people, letting them know what's coming, um, potentially reaching out to gyms as well. That's been another great outlet, I think, um, that I've thought through of, hey, if we can get into gyms, do these presentations there, uh, schools, businesses, and just anywhere that, you know, people are willing to listen that I believe that could provide value, which honestly is could provide value everywhere, but it's getting in front of larger groups and getting the message out there. So um, I think we've probably summed that up and I don't want to beat that dead horse. <laughs> well, now I'm, I'm not trying to go off topic here. I don't know if I am or not. So you were talking about, you're thinking about starting a podcast also. Is that going to tie into your new venture or is that something completely separate? It, it will tie into a degree. So it's not going to be a part of the <clears throat> business entity because that is with uh, another really good friend of mine, Katie Murray. Um, she and I have both in our own unique ways been through self-development journeys and we kind of ended up becoming friends through the gym, but she was also uh, a massage therapist that some of our members had gone to go see. So, uh, I myself had gone to see her and just in our conversations, uh, we slowly began to see something in one another, uh, that I, I think when you've been through your own self-development journey, you can kind of empathize with people and you can recognize that in someone else. Um, and we just, for how, for whatever reason, both became very comfortable very quickly with each other, just sharing our stories uh, and realizing how vastly different our lives have been, but how our experiences, our emotional experiences have been very similar um, in nature and that we've both had different methodologies of healing ourselves from that. And that's kind of what this podcast idea was born out of. It's, hey, look, we've both got our stories. Everybody's got a story. We all need to share it more. Normalize that because none of us talk about it enough. We all go through so many struggles, um, but it just doesn't get brought up in regular conversation. There's too much of what you saw on social media, what you're watching on Netflix. And don't get me wrong, I do all those things, but I always want to be int more interested in, hey, what are you reading? What have you learned recently? You know, what are you going through it? How are you? Not how are you doing, you know, living the dream answer. Like, yeah. how are you really? How are you inside? Is there any insight I can provide to you? Help your day get a little bit better. And maybe some days I need somebody to pick me up and I got to be more open to letting them know that. Um, but just normalizing that kind of conversation is what we want to do with the podcast. That's and that's good because that's, that's rare. Because what's normalized right now in society, especially three men in here, it, it, you internalize it. You, you don't show how you're feeling. You just, you lock it in and you push forward. But let me ask you a question. Why is that? Basically, it goes back to the video your brother shared last week about the lamb, the lamb leg. I think I saw that. <laughs> I, I can't remember if it was Bill. Somebody posted it. And this this woman, every time she cooks a lamb leg, she cuts the end off of it. She didn't know why. She did it. Her husband asked her why. She said, I don't know. My mom used to. So she calls up her mom. Mom, why do you cut the end off of a lamb leg? Oh, I don't know. Your grandma used to. Let's call grandma. 
They call the grandma. Grandma, why did why do you cut the end off of a lamb leg? Oh, because back when I was cooking lamb legs, the oven wasn't big enough to fit the whole lamb leg in. So now, two generations later, they're still cutting the end off. Have no reason understanding why. It's just what they've seen. So... It's just ingrained in it, it's It's ingrained in us, like, all growing up. I know my dad did it. You just... You lock up. You don't... You don't express how you're feeling. And I love that you said that, you know, my dad did it too, because as you both know, and as the listeners would not, I grew up, uh, my father passed away when I was five. So a large part of my life, he was not around. Now, would he have instilled that type of mindset in me? Maybe, I don't know. But I was raised by my mother, and my sister being nine years older than me helped out tremendously. So I was raised by two women. I tend to express my emotions uh, significantly more than most typical of the, you know, the, the macho type of men would. Uh, in fact, in college, when I had pledged, my nickname became Dear Diary for that fact. <laughs> Thanks, Diana. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so now I want to go back to, because we said we're going to do this, um, because I was sad that I was not recording for the explanation. But before we started the podcast episode, uh, you had us doing a breathing, ep- uh, a breathing exercise. Um, it was the box breathing. So, can you explain again what you explained to us before you had to start that? You said you could go over it again real quick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there are various different breathing exercises out there. Box breathing just happens to be uh, one that is very well known for helping to calm and focus your mind a little bit. And uh, as I had mentioned to you, it's actually very commonly used by Navy SEALs before they go out on mission. Uh, if you can, if you Google that, you'll actually see uh, there's quite a bit of history there too with the Navy SEALs that you could read more about. But uh, the idea behind it is that you are inhaling, holding your breath, exhaling, and holding your breath all to the same cap. So we did it for three seconds to start. So three second inhale, three second hold, three second exhale, three second hold. And in doing so, you're manipulating your oxygen and carbon dioxide levels in your body. So as it turns out, the need to breathe, most people don't realize this, does not come from needing more oxygen. It comes from needing to offload carbon dioxide out of your body because carbon dioxide is a waste product of your metabolism. Well, when you build up too much and that system gets out of balance, we got to get rid of the carbon dioxide. So that's really what causes the urge to breathe. So when you're doing that, you are essentially inhaling for that three seconds. You're taking in oxygen, but for the next nine, you're holding, exhaling and holding. You're letting carbon dioxide build up which is a good thing. Carbon dioxide actually helps your red blood cells release oxygen into your muscles. So by doing that, that helps calm everything down. You're more efficiently using your oxygen, and that puts you guys in a little bit more of a relaxed state for when we did the visualization exercise, that lemon example that we did, um, that helped you realize that mind-body connection that I just walked you through a visualization, your body reacted, but nothing actually happened to you. You were just sitting in your chair as you were the entire time. Mm-hmm. That was really that was really wild. That was cool. I like that. So now with that breathing exercise, you had your phone timer up. Does the timer be is the timer a normal part of that breathing exercise, or is it something like people can do? Because I've never really looked in. I've heard of them. I know them. I've wanted to start trying them. But does it is the timer like a normal? usage in that breathing exercise or is it something you can mentally like track 
So it helps keep you honest, the timer. Uh, you know, I've tried to mentally as well, but as we all know, you know, if you're counting Missis- you know, one Mississippi, two, it's not quite as accurate. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it can be done either way. I sometimes will. Because I found myself, like, I, I was like, Locked especially especially after like the first minute of, of of the cycling the breathing like it was it was like straight tunnel vision everything else just i saw that little circle on that phone with those numbers and that was it you but s- you, you kind of started to space out didn't you everything else it, got blurry it was it was all blurry except mm-hmm. for that but what i tell you enhanced your focus right yeah everything else became background you were able to focus on a singular thing in that moment and you, you i love that you said too it was about a minute in as that started to really physiologically start to hit you in that first minute is like, all right, now I'm focused, I'm locked in, it, nothing's distracting me. It really was weird because I, I thought to myself as we were doing it, I'm like, man, am I supposed to feel so fuzzy right now? Because like, I literally mm-hmm. just focused on your phone and the timer. That's why I asked Everything if, else was like, I couldn't, I couldn't. If that's normally used, because that like, it did, it. <laughs> Like locked it was in. Definitely yeah. strange. Think about how your brains work. I mean, I feel like it's a lot of twenty first century brains because mine too. It's like it, it's bouncing here, there, mm-hmm. and everywhere. But in those singular you know seconds, you were able to just focus in on one thing, and you weren't thinking about anything else. And that's really uh, at the end of the day when we're living our day to day lives. Most people are living in a state of stress, and it's little tools like that. And I'll give you a quick example. Um, when I decided to let my boss know that I was going to be leaving my job was one of the hardest conversations I ever had to have. I look up to my boss, great guy. Uh, I cannot say enough good stuff about him. And it was really hard for me. So 10 minutes I was sitting in my office chair. I heard him get off the phone and I knew I had to go tell him. For 10 minutes, I was just trying to talk to myself, psych myself up. Next thing I know, I realize, holy crap, I am in a huge state of stress right now. My heart rate is racing. So I pull out my phone have my heart rate monitor here, my little whoop strap. Uh, my heart was beating 110 beats per minute. My normal resting heart rate is about 45 beats per minute. Wow. So I was like, holy cow. All right, Chris, you are a good practitioner of your work. If you are a good practitioner of your work, what you need to do is get your heart rate down to 60 beats per minute, get out of this chair, get out of this stress state, and go tell him. It took me 90 seconds, I believe, roughly, to get my heart rate from 110 down to 60, just through the power of breathing. You know what? So I- now, isn't that isn't that funny that what you had to do to be able to go tell your current boss that you're leaving is what you want to teach other people how to be able to do? Sweet irony, I know. Is isn't that just like fate telling you if you fail at this, you're not making the right decision, but if you succeed? You're gonna you're gonna run away with it. Yeah, and I knew that there was no way I would fail because I've done these. I've you know experimented with breathing plenty enough to know that I was gonna get my heart rate down. I didn't know exactly how long it would take because I was feeling stressed, and that can sometimes work against you. Take it make it take a little longer. But at the end of the day, uh, it's all about the breath, man. It's that is what controls pretty much everything else in us. How we can take control over our physiology. Rogan preaches that. Mm-hmm. All the time in his podcasts too, he uh, he forces himself to like do the box breathing in a fucking two hundred degree sauna after a workout. Like, yeah, and it seems you know when you hear things like that, people think that oh wow these these guys are extreme, they're nuts, they're crazy. But think about any time you've had a new experience, 
And I, I always think back to uh, last year, or two years ago, excuse me, when I did my level one certification for CrossFit. We had this phenomenal coach. She's very well known in the CrossFit community, Denise Thomas. And one of the quotes that she threw at us several times throughout the weekend was, you cannot grow beyond the limits of your experience. Which took me, like you said with my quote before, that took me a couple times to hear her say that and to think, okay. So, you know, if I'm not looking to continually push my limits a little bit further, then I'm never going to get beyond them. And when you think about guys like Joe Rogan that are doing things like that, it's because they've done what comes before that. And it's how else can I stress my body out? How else can I teach myself to adapt to a new situation, to new stressors, to new environments? So he's a guy that, hey, if he's doing box breathing in a 200 degree sauna while he's back squatting 400 pounds, like, yeah. you know, so be it. It's, it's a and new like, way to stress himself. And even him, he's like, to me, it's a relaxing thing. He, and he says, like, when he does it in a sauna, it's, it's to force myself to do it. And if I get off count, off track, I start, like, I add five cycles to it. And if I mess one up, I add five more. Because he wants to get, like, 20 clean cycles in. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Before he finishes the breathing exercise in the sauna. And then, so then you got some of the guys he talks to where it's mind over body. Which I think is kind of where you're going with your your venture. Like, David David Goggins. Yes. Yep. Fucking Cameron Haynes absolute monsters that don't stop because their mind won't let them like and, yeah and those guys are built a little bit different but <laughs> at the end of the day like we're all capable of that every single one of us we just have not walked the path that they've walked that led them there yet but we are all capable of so much more than we think we are but we rarely ever explore those limits think about it we all have you know four walls uh, over you know, roof over our head, temperature controlled environments. Our ancestors didn't live that way. We our physiology live this way, right? Our physiology is way more adaptable than we give it credit for. But we're just too too used to living in comfort. That's why things like CrossFit, you know, they get you out of your comfort zone. Spartan racing, um, you know, these breathing exercises, the stuff Joe Rogan, Wim Hof, like all these people that do all of this fantastic work. It's all about getting out of your comfort zone and testing your limits a little bit more of course safely uh you know you don't want to just go out and do something that could be very detrimental to your health you know you want to make sure that you're doing it all safely but test those limits you know get out get uncomfortable cold exposure by the way um is something huge that i started doing uh you know taking cold showers uh we started doing ice baths down at the gym you know the owners are you know very mindful of these types of things too that stress is it comes in all forms uh, it's not just physical stress. It's not just emotional stress. You can put yourself in that type of stress too. Okay, so what's what's the benefit of this cold expo- cold exposure? Um, like a lot of times, you you if you're into sports, you see people uh, taking ice baths after their workouts, after their games, after their practices, whatever. What does the cold exposure do for your body? Well, I mean, I guess it depends. Uh, you know, these the ice baths might be for a different function. Um, you know, especially after an event, uh, could be to you know reduce swelling, promote blood flow, all these different things. But cold exposure in general uh, is really all about getting adaptable. You know, because when we're in a, a state like that, think about if somebody dumps ice cold water on you. What do you do? You start yeah, breathing heavy. You up. tense. You, everything gets tensed up. Right. It's a state of stress. So it's learning to manage that state of stress. So for instance, with cold exposure, uh, taking a cold shower. If you say take a, a regular shower and at the end of it, 
you just crank off the hot water there and you let the cold water run and you can stand in there for 30 seconds. It's going to stress you out. Nobody wants to stand in that. Normally, we shrink back right away and we remove ourselves from the situation. But if you stay in it, if you learn to control your breathing, so really slow, controlled breaths, if you did box breathing while you're trying to do cold exposure or some other form of breathing exercise, your body will adapt. So the benefits are, A, I can help myself adapt to stress in situations like this. So now I'm going to have that autopilot. When I have a stress reaction, my body's going to go to this breathing. It's going to help me relax. It's almost like building that in. But, you know, even in addition to that, uh, cold exposure helps promote blood flow. So think about your veins and arteries. They're all made up of thousands and thousands of tiny little muscles. And they expand and contract when you get hot and cold. So if you do the cold exposure, it's like little tiny dumbbells for all those muscles. So you're working your vascular system at the same time, which helps your blood flow better. And, you know, better blood flow uh, is only going to equal more oxygen better oxygen flow to your body and you know everything's going to be moving around cycling through your body as it should a little bit more this conversation has been great so far because before today before sitting down with you i never realized how important breathing is like it's something you take for granted it's just something you do to survive mm-hmm. but you never realize all this <laughs> shit that you talk about yeah and i mentioned to you guys before too that like even with nasal breathing mm-hmm. um it's, I think it's estimated that it's a wide margin, but it's like 25 to 50% of the population breathes through their mouth. And you get this whole host of other benefits by breathing through your nose as opposed to your mouth. I mean, we were built that way. There's actually a section in my presentation that says, yes, you can breathe through your mouth, but would you eat a hot dog through your nose? <laughs> and it's really to highlight that point that they're both connected, but when you're breathing through your nose, uh, you are pressurizing the air. You are also getting uh, an influx of what's called nitric oxide. So not nitrous oxide, not the funny stuff. Um, it's you know nitric oxide, which is a vasodilator, which helps open up your veins and arteries, helps your, your blood flow a little bit better. Um, we do not get that same benefit by breathing through your mouth with the nitric oxide. So you're pressurizing it. You're taking longer breaths too. So if you take equivalent volumes of breath, a liter of air through my nose versus my mouth, Leader through the nose takes longer, but that also means that I'm going to be taking deeper, more concentrated breaths. And at the same time, my body is going to be able to use all that oxygen because the length of the breath takes longer. So it's constantly cycling through that oxygen that I'm giving it. Then the nitric oxide helps kick in, open up the air or the, excuse me, the veins and arteries, helps that blood flow better. And nitric oxide is also one of the most violent things that you can have in your body for bacteria that try to invade. So you're ever around somebody that's coughing, sneezing, just start breathing through your nose. Close your mouth. <laughs> keep breathing through that nose. Now, doesn't your nose also act as like a f- somewhat of a filter? Oh, yeah. Better than your mouth because you have all the, you know, the little, I forget the scientific name for all the goddamn nose. Cilia. Things, yep. <laughs> the cilia. And you picked the perfect shirt for today, too. Oh, thanks. I keep staring at it. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my get high on your own supply, by the way, just for those of you out there, there's a uh, set of lungs on here, so uh, we're not peddling anything. It's uh, a Wim Hof shirt. (laughs) It's a beautiful (laughs) It's great. Yeah. (laughs) I'm... I don't know. I'm in my head now. I love it's it. Like but thinking about head. all of it, yeah. yeah. Th- this is why I wanted to talk to you. When I when you were like, "Hey, look, we're looking for people to talk to," I was like, 
I got a great message. I mean, at least I think it is. I think it's very intriguing. It's interesting. And I wish more people uh, knew how in control of themselves they can be. Dude, and honestly, with how well-spoken you are and how intelligent you are, I think once you get out there um, and you start going to different businesses and you start visiting different gyms, once once you go give your presentations and word gets out there, I think your business will take off. Absolutely. Because it's all interesting stuff. And I think there's plenty of places, not only in our area, but in adjacent areas, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, everything like that. Um, I think there's a lot of places that could benefit from from what you can present to them. I so I think you're on a good path. I appreciate that. And, you know, I think the other aspect of it, too, is why you're educating people is to remind everybody that, hey, you're human. Because yeah. ju- just because I know these things does not mean that I excel implementing them into my life every single day. Uh, you know, there are plenty of times where I get stressed. And that comes down to really awareness. You know, being a financial advisor for as long as I have been. Um, and I'll give you a couple examples. Just awareness, you know, at budgeting. Budgeting is money awareness. Where's my money coming from? Where's it going? That's how you lead to a successful financial future is having that I budget. I suck at life. <laughs> budgeting but is hard. It really is. CrossFit. You know, I got really into Olympic lifting. So awareness, once again, I need to videotape my lifts because if I don't know where I'm going wrong, how do I shore up the weaknesses? Breathing. If I'm not paying attention to my breath, the most vital thing then how in the world can I get better at it? You know, it's just as important to our health. Hydration, we hear that all the time, right? You, oh, can, yeah. you can live three to five days without water. Food, I believe, uh, eight to 21 days. Also important in terms of, hey, how are you eating? How are you staying healthy? Sleep, we hear that one all the time too. Also very important to our health. And now I don't think that there's necessarily a time frame that if you don't sleep, you're gonna end up dying from sleep deprivation. I'm sure there's a point but I know it's like two to four days and you start hallucinating. Yeah. How long until you die after not taking a breath? <laughs> Yet nobody talks Three about Three minutes, it. right? It's two to, I believe, four, uh, four to six minutes. Uh, but after, yeah, <clears throat> so pretty close. And then after four minutes, uh, you know, systems can start shutting down. But it's about four to six minutes that you can live without a breath. Now, there are medical marvels out there that have been, you know, it's been longer. But I'm not trying to find out whether or not I can be a cool statistic. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You don't want to be a part of that study? But just think about that for a minute. We talk about health all the time and breath health. It's really not something that gets discussed. And yet it's the the most no, important yeah, thing no. we do. It is kind of wild because like I said before, it's not... You take it for bef- granted. Bef- yeah, before yes. today's conversation, I never really thought about breathing. I mean, I've heard of the box, the box breathing uh, practice there, but I've never done it. I would occasionally, especially like if it's a night where I couldn't sleep, I would think back to high school and Mr. Roberts and I would sit there and I'd be like, because he would always talk about breathing and I would always, he would always have me focus on the end of my nose Mm -hmm. and breathe in, in through the nose, out through the mouth. And it was 10 in, 10 out, 10 in, 10 out. And once I do that for like two to three minutes, I'm like, yeah done <laughs> ready to go to sleep relax it all no and i'll ask you both because i'm sure you, we're all human we've all been stressed out what do you feel when you get stressed out internally <laughs> i need a cigarette <laughs> that's you, exactly where i go you mean like what am i thinking about or how's my body feel? Physiolo- yeah how's your body feel physiologically internally very right? tense and like someone pushing on my chest mm-hmm. pushing on your chest 
breath rate. Mm-hmm. You usually start breathing heavier, right? Oh, yeah. Short, shallow breaths. Yeah. Heart rate elevated. I don't really focus on that because my mind, like, I know when I get stressed, my mind goes, Oh, it's not like I need a cigarette. Not like mm-hmm. I focus on it, but if I'm really stressed, I mean, it feels like my heart's going to explode. But I also try really hard not to let shit stress me out to that that's point. That's easier like, said than done nowadays. Right. It really is. But that's why, like, the minor stresses will cause me to want a cigarette. So, like, I know I don't handle it right. I don't let myself get big stressed. Like, I, it just, I walk away from shit before I get that stressed. And so when you think about just getting stressed in general, then I urge you both, like, next time you feel yourself getting stressed out, pay attention. Like, what's going on internally? Pay attention to that state. Because your heart rate's going to be elevated. You're going to be breathing differently. These are natural reactions that are all caused by your brain. So your brain says, oh, we're stressed. Here's what we do now. Releases a flood of chemicals. So you got your epinephrine, cortisol being released. Uh, there's all these different things that are happening in your body physiologically. But at the end of the day, the only thing that you can control of all of that is your breath. You can't control your heart rate. The muscles tensing up. That's really hard to control too. The chemical releases, forget it. We're not, in, you know, we are not just on demand. We're, our brain is a full-fledged pharmacy, but we can't just create those things at a will, you know, at will. So the breath is the only thing that you have that you actually can control that nature gave us a little bit of an override. So you start using the breath and signal to the body, there's no stress here, we're good. Everything else follows suit. Okay, I can bring the heart rate back down. I can stop making the cortisol, epinephrine. I can slow the heart rate down, redirect blood flow. When you get in that stress state, fight or flight, that's all going to the muscles. Everything designed for movement, to the lungs, for breathing. It's to prep your body to run from danger when you're stressed out. Stress used to mean there's a tribe invading. There's a saber-toothed tiger waiting at my cave door. <laughs> you know, all the, but, yeah. but that's the old that's the old human stressors. Today's world is so much different, but our bodies haven't caught up yet. We're still on the old program. You know, we're running the MS dose here, of, <laughs> uh, and but we are in a much different world. So stressors today, social media, you name it. It's social media. It's, it's is mental the worst. stresses, but your body's still reacting in a physical way. Exactly. This is danger because it. And by the Shit. way, by the way, you're six times more likely, as I'm sure you guys know, to pay attention to negative news than positive. That is also a survival instinct. That I need to be aware of the negative because I need to be prepared for it. So that's why you're never going to see a headline of "Man Saves Dog" anymore because it just that doesn't sell. That's not going to get your attention. You know, just as a side note. That is a, a big problem with relationships, too, isn't it? You, you always get the negative pointed out, but not the countless positive things. Okay, back on topic. <laughs> I'm assuming you're going to want your wife to listen to that part. <laughs> I feel like it's the same for everybody, not just the marriage, but friendships and uh, you know relationships with family and everything, too. Well, if you weren't such a shithead, I wouldn't point it out all the time. Everyone just focuses in on the one negative thing you do, and uh, you know they don't give a shit about the rest of the positive. Good job, you individual, you. All right, there was our tangent. We we almost (laughs) went a whole we almost went a whole episode without tangenting, and I couldn't do it. Hey, you know I've been providing a lot of deep thoughts. That little nonsense had to creep in. Hell yeah! But you know, uh, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a list of those books. The stress. Because I want to read that one. The stress twitch is something I can't stand. That little eye twitch or the arm. You get those? Oh. Those are the worst. 
I just get it, and I'm like, what the fuck is That's all this? in your control, buddy. The, the mean, twitching's on you? Okay, you... Tell, you, tell me, tell me how to control the twitching because breathing. I always try it, to get it in control. It's going back to the breath. That's just a result of the stress state. And now yeah. I, I can't say specifically. I will say that as far as the twitching goes, I don't know neurologically, chemi- chemically necessarily what would cause that. But if you're recognizing that from a stressed state, get yourself out of that stress state by using breathing and see if you return to normal. I'd venture to guess you would. Okay. Now, another thing I wanted to ask you about with all of this, since you're into the breathing and everything. Um, have you ever, have you ever tried or do you have any experience with meditation? Yes. I'm glad you asked. Actually. Oh, perfect. He brought up meditation earlier. I, mm-hmm. yeah, Did I was going to, yeah. Okay. I was gonna because get to it. it's, it's something that recently I've kind of thought about. You and too? I'm, I've <laughs> actually, okay. So when I first started reading about it, uh, you know, it explains that you need to clear your mind. From absolutely everything and it's just to me it's very hard to do so what kind of insight can you give on uh, meditation mm, microdose <laughs> so that's different <laughs> no 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 that helps with that okay. like people who like from what i've seen with the the mushroom microdosing it literally fucking just puts you in a constant state of like i hope you go back and listen to your own episodes stealing fire read that book Stealing Fire. It's by Stephen Coulter and Jamie Wheel, and it is about what they call the altered states economy. So pretty much everything that we spend money on to get ourselves out of our natural states or the states that we're used to living in. So alcohol, drugs, and they explore the use of psychedelics. Um, Which I've I've clinically. heard, and and from what I've heard, Rogan he's a big pusher for those. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, like doctors he's had on. He's had a doctor on that fucking shoots heroin. Not addicted to it. Just does it because yeah, it helps him. That that doctor researched that's all fucking, that stuff. Yeah, that's, that, that's nonsense. But oh, like the psychedelic part. like Shulgin? Um, I forget who oh gosh, it was. She's Shul- a professor. He researches yeah. the effects of. And, and he'll go to work high. And all the narcotics and all that. And, uh, and, and he does them for fun. Okay, I'm, and it, it, what, there was a guy named Sasha Shulgin. And I, I think he passed away now, but he was actually highlighted in Stealing Fire for exactly that because he basically put out the recipe book for all these methamphetamines that he created. This was way back in the day, so it's probably not the same guy. Um, I don't know when he had. I think I believe he's passed away. If I'm wrong, I'm, you know, I apologize. But like but. psychedelics, from the from the way I've understood them being explained, they're they're not there to like make you feel good like you'll smoke a joint to be like or i'll smoke a cigarette to be like stress is gone psychedelics if used correctly i guess (laughs) open your mind up to everything else like and you see it from like you literally have like an out of body like you pull yourself from your body and you just figure shit out Okay, off I'm the interested. And back to meditation. No, I've, I've, well, that leads into meditation because a lot of people will do, like, uh, oh, it, I'm, I'm bl- that. Mm-hmm. And then it puts you into, like, a state of meditation, but you start meditating before that, and it just. And so these are all meditation, <clears throat> psychedelics, you know, the altered states economy in general. They're all ways to get out of our everyday situation. 
Um, so, I mean, going back to the psychedelics thing for a moment, then we'll go back to the meditation in uh, that Stealing Fire book. You know, they talk about Burning Man, which if you've never heard, Burning Man's the, you know, that large festival, mm-hmm. um, which is very famous for all of Silicon Valley, and it just continued to grow and grow. Lots of usages, uh, usage of psychedelics there. Uh, everybody getting into the flow state. They're looking to do everything they can to exactly what you said, Justin, just give you broader perspective, realize that you are part of a, a larger being at play um and you know to help give you that perspective and it can be accomplished in many ways so you know back to meditation uh and i'm going to use an example you guys are both baseball players so this is great how often in between games were you practicing taking swings everything else taking ground balls taking fly balls every day like every day every day every day every day and why was that because i wanted to improve and and do you know how you were improving by doing that? I love muscle memory. <laughs> muscle memory. You're firing neurons. Your brain's remembering exactly how to do that. Meditation is no different. So that's why I brought that up. Because the first time you picked up a baseball bat, did you crush one over the fence? Absolutely no. not. Right. Same with meditation. You're just not going to knock it out of the park and be great at it. But every time you sit down and tell your body, this is what we're doing. Because when you sit down and you want to clear those thoughts out of your mind... Next thing you know, you're thinking about the laundry. You're thinking about what you, you know, something you said yesterday that was stupid. You're thinking about something tomorrow that you have to do. Everywhere else, but right here, right? Is that the problem that you face with meditation? Yeah, because you're supposed to sit in silence and you're supposed to clear your mind, right? And like you're saying, it it's hard to not think about everything around you. It takes work, but but you're also supposed to think about everything around you. And, and that's the- you're not supposed to and supposed to all at the same time. It's fucking weird. Meditation is weird, and that's why I've 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 had a hard time trying to do it too. <laughs> and a great a great analogy that I heard because and going back to the baseball thing though. So when you're sitting and you're meditating and you're telling yourself, all right, this is what we're doing for. And I talk to myself like a child sometimes, like Chris, this is what we're doing for the next five minutes. You need to sit here and do this. And when we're done, you can go think about the laundry. You can go do whatever else it is. But right now, this is your time for this. And the more you do that to yourself, the better you get at letting those thoughts start to fly around your head. But a great analogy that I heard is you can almost think of yourself as you are on the side of a highway and you're watching cars go by. Those cars are your thoughts. It's okay to have thoughts, but you don't want to latch on to one. You don't want to be the dog that's chasing down the car. Recognize the thought and let it go you know don't stay on that thought that's the hardest part but the more you train yourself to do that the easier it becomes and at some point because i finally got i can't tell you how many times i tried meditating ah this sucks it's too hard i'm done until within the last year where i really started to understand the process a little bit more and i thought okay i really need to revisit this and it's not something that i do as often as i would like to um but probably two three times a week at least Uh, i have a morning meditation that i do on youtube you can find guided meditations i have one that i like in particular and i'll sit for 10 minutes very first thing i do and during that meditation you're hearing someone's voice they're guiding you it's different thought processes different imagery um or it could just be you find some meditation music and you're thinking about setting your intention for the day how am i going to be today who am i going to be how do i want to show up in the world and you manifest that in that meditation so what does what does the meditation do for you exactly? Because like you hit on, like I I attempted a handful of times, um, 
and I just couldn't grasp it. Like I felt like I was just sitting there and not accomplishing anything because I kept straying back to what I need to get done, what's what's bugging me, what's happening in my world right now. And the reason I tried to start reading up on meditation and trying to lean towards it is because I feel like I have a lot of stress and a lot of shit that holds me down. So I wanted to get over to meditation in, in hopes that maybe my chest wouldn't feel so tight all the time. Maybe I wouldn't feel so stressed all the time and maybe kind of feel a little more relaxed. Yeah, so the, the big benefit of meditation is there's a constant blood flow in your body and sp- in particular in your brain. Your brain sucks up so much energy. I forget, it's like maybe 30 to 50% of the calories that you inject or 30 per- 30 to 50% of the calories you need to live are expended in the brain alone. So, I mean, we have these ridiculous supercomputers <laughs> and when you're able to successfully start meditating what you're doing is you're shutting down different areas of your brain, the ones that are focused on the future, the ones that are focused on the past and how you're feeling and things that make you anxious. I mean, you're basically telling those parts of the brain, okay, quiet down, let the rest of the brain get some blood flow going here. So now you're getting blood flow to different parts of the brain that are going to be more beneficial for you, that are going to help you relax, put you in that instead of fight or flight, that rest or digest mode. So you're getting more optimal blood flow to different areas of your brain. And even just for a couple minutes a day to get that blood flow into those areas has drastic impacts on how you show up and how you present yourself in the world, reducing stress, um, just to refuel those parts. That's awesome. Okay. Side note. Do you sit crisscross applesauce when you try to meditate? I have not, no. Then you're doing it wrong. (laughs) <laughs> i'm doing it wrong there's there's actually a great book um moving inward and it's written by uh, a local guy from yoga international dr rolf sovic uh and it's all about how to meditate so the first chapter is cultivating good posture so i know that was kind of a joke but that is truthfully <laughs> that's optimal posture from uh, a yoga standpoint but there are other ways to get yourself there, to graduate to that point. Because I myself, the, the biggest thing that you don't want is you're sitting there, legs crossed, and oh, my knees are, cre- you know, my knees don't feel right, or I'm on, un- because you start yeah. to get uncomfortable, yeah. that's where your brain goes, all of a sudden you are no longer successfully meditating. So your posture, extremely important. You have to be comfortable in order to be successful. That's Sorry, why sorry Dr. Yogi. That's why I didn't <laughs> sit crisscross applesauce, because I would probably break right now. And hopefully, with my new gym membership, I can fix that pretty soon. We're getting there. We'll see. We'll see. We're getting there. So, when I go back through and listen to this episode again, I will make it a point to jot down all the information you shared with us on different books and YouTube videos and stuff like that. And we'll share them because I don't listen to it. I'll send them to you. (laughs) I'll share them. I'll share them on our Instagram and on our Facebook and all that for the, for our listeners to uh, check into the different books and whatnot. So in that case, I have another good one for you too. And only because I mentioned the oxygen advantage before Patrick McEwen, that was, that's one that is really deep into the science. It's a longer read. Uh, but the gentleman I mentioned earlier, David Bidler, he's got a book out there, and it's actually now a free ebook uh, called Breathe to Perform. And that one is a bit of a shorter read, and it kind of parses out 
all of the, the the big kind of science and the stories behind it and it gives you the the reader an individual a really nice broad overview and it's very actionable breathing exercises um and i really it, it's for an everyday reader I, I it's very simplistic everyone can understand it and that's really what he was hoping to accomplish was make something easy i believe at least the original version because i have the actual book was about 90 pages or so uh, so you're not looking at a, a great length of a read, but every chapter is going to have great, valuable information for you. So that's a good place to start, uh, even before maybe you get into the oxygen advantage. And then there's also Breath by James Nestor that explores uh, even further. And that was some interesting whack stuff. I think I have stuff. that one in my, that, that in my was, library they did, a, they did a, an experiment. He and another mm. fella, um, they spent, I believe it was 10 days with all this stuff jammed up their nose. They couldn't breathe through their nose at all. Mouth breathing only. And they were measuring all their vitals several times a day. And then they switched it over to nasal breathing only just to show how awful mouth breathing alone really is. And when you look at their vitals, their heart rate variability, uh, they were snoring like crazy sleep apnea symptoms, all this stuff. And that was all due to, for at least for them, it was just caused by the fact that they were simply mouth breathing and they weren't breathing optimally. I mean, listen, I, I don't need any studies to tell me that mouth breathing is bad. You ever fall asleep with a stuffy nose and wake up the next morning with your throat on fire? Yeah. Or you feel like your entire <laughs> mouth is going to crumble because it's so dry. Now, stuffy from a cold or just stuffy because it's swollen, like Either swollen nasal or. passages? Because yeah, if or. it's swollen nasal passages, oxygen... And actually, I'll walk you through it after this, but there's a, actually an exercise to help um, reduce the swelling. We have. You're gonna love this one, Justin. Actually, I'm um, gonna like this because I do feel like I have trouble breathing. Well, I don't mean the exercise. When I, mean, I when I start I mean, working I'm out, I I I feel that way. Like my nose will, it feels like it almost swells up, or like it's like I get stuffy, and instantly right to like mouth breathing. More so when I get into like cardio. So when I said he's gonna love this, we have erectile tissue in our nose. So. <laughs> 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 I knew that get him. We, we know him too well. So, so when I call you dick face, it's true. <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah, I mean, so it's that's there's a and it's actually um, in yoga there's something called alternate nostril breathing to elicit different states. But our body does this daily. So if you ever notice, I mean, you can plug one nostril and breathe in through, and then plug the other breathe in through. One will be more swollen than the other, but that changes all the time. Our body's regulating that. You can almost think of it like the gas pedal and the brakes. Oh. And when you're... When so is that when, like, you lay down and, like, one side of your nose, you, you kind of feel like you can't breathe? When you roll your head, it switches. That... I mean, that feeling that you're saying, like, when you feel... And then when you... it When it switches, that I don't know what necessarily what would explain that. I don't think I've That's ever just felt your, that. You've never felt that? Nostril. No. Like, no. Like, seriously. Like, I'll feel like I can't breathe out of the one side of my nose, which will generally be bottom side mm -hmm. and if i flip my head to lay on the other side within like 30 seconds to a minute it's the opposite no, i totally get what you're saying and I, I i have that happen when i'm sick or congested not on a normal no that ha that day. happens normally really yeah to I'd me be, i'd be interested i'm gonna pay attention next time for myself because i mean i mean it does happen when you're sick that would be more of a time to pay attention to it yh. yeah but it happens to me. It happens to me consistently without That's being weird. sick. 
Well, and it takes the blood to inflame the erectile tissue. And if you're saying it's on the bottom, that would be where the blood's yeah. pooling. You turn that way. I wonder if that would. I mean, I would. I don't know, but that'd be interesting to see. It could be. This has been a great episode, man. For real. This one I might listen to. <laughs> this one you might listen to. Listen, man. I tell you all the time. Listen to every episode. I do. <laughs> Mute I listen to my every voice for man. I will. Times. Do you know why? Because I want to see where I can improve, man. Mute my voice for me, and I will. Everybody has the same reaction. You had the same reaction today. Uh, other guests that we've had in have had the same reaction. Everyone says, I can't Aaron, stand my Aaron own voice. Like, <laughs> but listen, I'll tell everyone the same thing, and I'll prep anybody who is listening who might be on the show in the future. When you hear your voice and you hate your voice, just remember, that's how we all hear you anyway. So it's nothing out of the ordinary. Do not feel bad about it. And listen to it definitely listen to your own episodes it's a good thing it helps bill and uh, aaron did i tell you bill and aaron got together and they were talking oh they, they want to do an interview us yeah that's gonna be we'll have to do that soon next week we have something planned already maybe we'll maybe we'll and we gotta to get jeff soon. aaron's gonna be on this a lot because we need to get him and jeff in here together too. aaron hasn't gotten back to us about a ride along yet Tell, know, tell Billy he's got it. He can't have blurred vision. He can't drink as much as he did last time if he's going to do that for you. <laughs> that was great. Otherwise, great. I mean, that could be more fun. God, I mean, I, where that would go. He was drinking. He was drinking, but I didn't think he drank that much. Did little, little did I know, man, before too long. I was telling Justin before, like, I know my brother well enough. When I was listening to that episode, I could hear him getting progressively more drunk. <laughs> like, I just, throughout the episode, I'm like, oh, he's still drinking. He's still drinking. By the end of it, I was like, oh, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Well, this has been really great, man. I'm, I'm glad you came in and sat down with us and, and had a conversation. Maybe we could do another one someday where we just do, like, a... A general bullshit catching up kind of session. Oh, dude, I'm game for anything. We're, we're just scratching the surface on some of the stuff that I'm getting into as far as, like, work-related. But I'm happy to just sit down and bullshit, too. I mean, we go, how far back now? I was thinking yeah. about that on the way here. Long like, we've time. known each other so long. And it's just, it was, I was excited to just come out here, like, because we haven't seen each other in a long yeah. time. Um, and really just to kind of get together, shoot the shit. and Almost uh, 30 years. Also, I didn't know that you went out to the to the bank over by the lake. I thought you were still in Homesdale. So when I saw you the other day, and uh, I was like, oh, this is great. I don't have to text them now because I was going to text you later that day. Yeah, no, I, I in that role, I was actually bouncing around to all the different uh, bank locations. Oh, is locations. that what you were doing? Yeah, okay. so I mean, that I would just go any If somebody wanted to meet with me, I'd be wherever they needed me to oh, be. Okay. Um, as, where as long as it was close to their home you know if people would come to me that'd be great you know i don't yeah. uh, and the greater honesdale area usually people would just come <laughs> into town awesome. anyway is there now is there anything else that you want to uh tell us about before we end the episode for for this no i don't think there's anything more necessarily i'd want to tell you about like i said we're just scratching the surface if you have any more questions for me you can shoot them over to me anytime you guys know how to reach me you got my number text me facebook whatever it is i do i do have one question do you have um do you have a name for your business picked out something we can look for i do now i'm not married to it yet and my uh my wife and i have still been kind of kicking that around so i'm gonna hold off on giving you that right now good idea Um, well just keep us updated and I'm assuming you're going to have a website for it. Oh, yeah. And all that. So whenever that goes live, ship it over to us. We'll put it out there. So people are people in the UK, Australia, all over the country. We've got listeners everywhere. Can listen to. And if they feel the need, the desire to get a hold of you because they're having problems with getting themselves through things or their mental health or 
health and wellness. I know they can reach. Out I know to quite you. a few people who could really benefit from yep. from the stuff we were discussing today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I, I guess one last thing because you'd mentioned anything else that um, you know, I want people to know uh, is really my big message to everybody is going to be be open to being yourself. That we're all human beings. We all go through shit. We've all been through a lot. My story, when I share my story with people, some of the other stuff, you know, my father passing when I was young. My, we were still relatively young when my mother did. We grew up without much. Being overweight, smoke. people always tell me how fascinating, how amazing it is. And I appreciate that, and I don't take that for granted. But I think the big thing that I always go back to in my own mind is I'm not that spectacular. I'm not that special. I was, a, you know, I was vigilant. I was really focused on trying to be a better person. But at the end of the day, we all grew up in a country you know just by being born in the united states in general we were all very privileged uh by having some of what we do around us you know you look at other countries other places in the world and even in the united states it doesn't really matter uh i've lived a great privileged life though i did not have things many others would consider normal or people used to have i had a mother that loved me for what you know as long as she was here I would rather have one parent that cared about me than two that didn't give a shit that I was even alive. Yep, yep. So when people hear my story and they tell me that, I, it, it's not to me, it's not that amazing. It's not that special. It's just my story. It's my life. It's the path I've walked. I have no idea. I mean, we've known each other, all three of us, for a long time, but I don't know the struggles that you've truly gone through. I've never lived through those. And we all need to keep that in mind about everybody else when we're interacting with each other day to day is that you don't know who just got the phone call that one of their parents or their siblings were in a horrible accident or that they just got fired from their job. So just stop and think about that for a moment when you're interacting with somebody else that you don't know what's going on in their life right now and we need to get out of our own immersion in our own lives and just share that collective being that, hey, we're, we're, we all go through these things and we all need to be mindful of that and give each other a little bit of grace and control our reactions to things a little bit better. Be the person you want by actively being aware of who you are showing up as every day. That's probably the last thing that I want to say and want everybody to know. Kindness begets kindness. And if everybody is kind to one person, the trickle-down effect is fucking huge. And that's what we need. Not just now, but always. It might might seem kind of awkward that I'll uh, bring this up, but... um when I'm driving nowadays, like, you know, so many people get road rage so quickly, so easily, but I, I can't remember when it clicked or when it hit me or who I was listening to that told a story. But um, now for the past year or two, when I'm out on the road, I, it, I don't get pissed off about anything anymore because mm-hmm. my first thought goes to like if someone's angry or cuts me off and they start freaking out about something, my first thought is. I wonder what's going on in their day today. I wonder what's going on that's got them so riled up. And just what you just said just kind of made me think about it. See, that. my thought pattern isn't that. My like thought I, pattern is still, I try fuck to, you. I, well, <laughs> like, not in an anger way. I'm just like, what the fuck? Why? I try, well, yeah, your first reaction is like, what the hell, man? But, like, when you see someone that angry or uh, treating people a certain way or doing something a certain way, you kind of think what's going on in their life. Like, what is hurting you right now? And kind of like, you kind of <laughs> wish you could reach out and be like, yo, what's what's going on? You okay, man? You good? Mm-hmm. And we do. We do need more of that. We do need more of that. Too. You know how you do that? You run your truck into the back of their car. Then yeah. they have to stop and talk to you. But, you know, this is one nice thing about 
we discussed beforehand how Justin and I stream on Twitch. This is one nice thing about Twitch, man. You get to know a lot of people. And you get to help, you kind of get to help people through their day. Like you yep. really get to know people on a personal level. Like I've built up this this huge community through Twitch and Discord and you really get to know people. And I absolutely love that. And what kind we, of weird side note. But. We we said it before, six times more likely to pay attention to the negative and to what the point at what you're saying is the world's a great place. There's a mm-hmm. lot of great people out there. Yeah. But we only notice the shit sometimes too often is that's what's getting our attention. So, you know, being grateful, you know, stop and take a moment. Hey, I'm grateful I was able to take a hot shower today. How often do we ever stop and think that? I know, really. You know, and even myself, I catch myself not being grateful for things enough daily and stopping and having a gratitude practice. That's also great for your mindset and mindfulness and just your overall well-being. So things like that. The job I just left, I drove truck. I drove from D.C. to Maine consistently. I, I would drive up north. There were so many times I'd be up in 50 miles from Canada, up in Vermont and New Hampshire. But their mountains up there are just fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. So many times, like, I don't care how many times I've gone up there, I would always pull off on the side of the highway and, like, when they were snow-capped, take pictures. Like, Mount Washington, I don't know how many pictures of Mount Washington I have on my phone. But from a distance, it's fucking amazing. Because you realize that you are just a small part of the entire vast universe. I feel like I could talk forever. No, that's that that campfire thing, Mm -hmm. man. Like, when we set out at campfires here and you look up and... We've been here for two years now, out in the quote-unquote country. Um, it's the country, but it's not the country. We're still kind of close to town. But we used to live in town. Like, I lived in town most of my life where you have all that light pollution. We come out here now. We sit around the campfire, and you take a look up at the stars. And my God, man, it really makes you appreciate everything. Yep. It's it's different. It's amazing. Can I blow your minds one more time since we're talking about the universe? <sighs> Do it. The humans... Human eyes, we can only perceive 1% of 1% of the entire electromagnetic spectrum. So everything we see is a small fraction of what there is to be seen and what's out there. So keep that in mind too, everybody, because I like to wake up every day and tell myself, and this is inspired by somebody else that I had met, and this is not to demean myself, but I wake up every day and tell myself, Chris, you know nothing. Because really... We're so dug in. Everybody is has opinions, and they're so sure of themselves. But why? It it applies across the board, uh, and just from all that we can perceive, seen flocks of birds, and they all move in unison. And these sea turtles that return to the same place every year, they perceive things differently than we do. They're built differently than we are. But we got to stop being so sure of everything. You know, when we look out into the universe, what's out there? Mm. All we can see is all we can see. The rest we can maybe measure. But there's probably more that we're not aware of, and we're still looking for it. But stop being so sure we have all the answers. Give everybody grace. Just we, we, just, we, we can make the world a better place one person at a time just by keeping those things in perspective. You tie that into, like, going to the ocean on a beautiful, clear day. When you look out over the ocean, I think the human eye can... S- where, where you end being able to see, I think, is like 10 or 11 miles out. But, like, you don't even realize you're looking at it, but it just seems like it goes on for fucking ever. And that's minuscule amount of the ocean. Oh, gosh, yeah, I mean, what's a trip across the pond? I mean, like 3,000 miles? 
The ocean is scary, man. There's Megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like it. It's so I love me. the ocean. Like, that's where I go to humble myself. Hey, whatever works. Man. I, I like- love... I could sit on the beach listening to the waves crash and the seagulls. For I've literally done it for hours. My back proved that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but it's just... I could be alone on the beach, too. Nobody else around. And just be at absolute peace. It's nature, man. We're, we're programmed to return to it. I love to stand on the shore and just let my feet sink into the sand every time the, the water washes away yep. or just stand barefoot in the grass, just connect to it all. Man, we could probably do a, a, a whole episode on healing and bringing people together and making the world a better place one person at a time and letting everyone know that uh, one opinion doesn't uh, make someone a horrible person. Well, I mean, there are some opinions that could make you a horrible person. <laughs> there are some opinions that could make you a horrible person. But we could do an entire episode on that because there seems to be a lot of division and hatred going on in the world right, right now where people forget that we're all different, but we're all the same. Well, think think about the religious wars, yeah. right? You know, you, you go over to Middle East and, you know, you could pick out any number of countries, uh, but just in general... They are all fighting for a higher purpose. Just because I don't align with their thought process doesn't mean I have the right to call them a bad person. The environment they grew up in, what they believe, is not what I grew up in, not what I believe. But I have no control over that, and neither do they. And granted, that might sound a little radical to some people, but at the same time, I try and keep that in perspective. You're all a, you're a product of your environment and everything that has been introduced to in your life. I didn't live their life. That's why they think and feel the way that they do. And I don't judge them for that. Yes, I might disagree, but I have no right to judge them for that. I didn't live their life. I didn't walk in their shoes. And you're right. It, it doesn't matter if it's somebody abroad, your neighbor. And it's okay to disagree with somebody's opinion. It's, an, it's their opinion, not yours. Like, just... We could sit here and talk fucking politics we may not agree but i can sit there and talk to anybody about it i'm not going to hate the person afterwards i'm gonna i'm more than likely a hug afterwards i'm more than likely going to disagree with a lot of the points but the point of the conversation is to see all right well maybe i can educate them on where i'm coming from or the stance of my political view and maybe i'll learn something from them and the stance of their political view or see where they're coming from find a middle ground on some things, still disagree on others, and still be completely okay with the person. Like Yes, broader perspective. Mm-hmm. That's what you, you have to, you know, I'm, I'm a quotes guy, if you couldn't tell. No, and not one, at all. One of my favorites is everyone you meet knows something you don't, so learn from them. And it's so true. It's so true. You can learn something from every single person on this planet because they've done something you haven't done. Dude, always being open to learning something is a great attitude yeah. to have. And I'll relate it to coaching. If you are open to being coached, that is the player you want on your team. It's the people who think they know it all already that are not going to succeed. The people that don't want to be coached are the ones that aren't going to succeed. So that's what you got to be. You got to be willing to learn from other people. I'm going to challenge that thought process a little bit, though. Those are the ones that are going to have a harder time succeeding. Because you can still eventually potentially get them out of their own way and help, you know. Yeah. You just, it's a different Physical approach. gifts have a lot to do with it, too. <laughs> they I mean, they certainly do. But, you know, 
the thing is, especially like, and I've learned this just from being, you know, coaching CrossFit, is that you get a, a wide array of personalities that come in the door. Everyone needs a different approach. Yes, and that's that's, that's really what it boils down to. Is if you want to get somebody better, you have to learn. You have to take the time to learn them as the coach. Yes. They can't come in and it's not a square peg in a round hole scenario here. Um, you know, you have to adapt and you have to learn how to coach that person and what what kind of cues, what types of things can you say to them that are going to keep them interested. And that's on you, the you know the coach. It's tall order sometimes for damn sure. You know, you get some yeah. people and it, it, it some are harder than others. But everybody's got the buttons that you can push to help them get there. Yeah, man. I saw a quote recently that said, coaching is a calling. And that for sure is the case because you have to be dedicated. Like you said, you got to learn all of your students and you have to adapt to each individual. Like everyone needs to be coached. Now, did they do that when we played? No, because I mean I know the way even now the way I would react best is the same way I would react best back then. My not favorite, but the coach that got the most out of me was in a sport I only did to stay in shape for baseball. Chooch. Let's say was that wrestling? And wrestling got the most out of me because he just fucking do it, (laughs) just go like. I didn't think I could ever jump rope for 45 minutes fucking straight. Goddamn, I did it every day. And see, so you were built that you could take that, though. Yep. You know, that's the thing. Now, how many people did you see shut down from that approach, too? And they maybe didn't work. They Maybe they did it In our they school? <laughs> okay, In our fair. school, not many would <laughs> shut down for that. A lot of people, I guess, responded to. Yeah, that wrestling team was something else. But, yeah, no, like, that's... And then uh, Morgan really wasn't like that. He was like, we're down two runs in the first inning. Put everybody else in. All the subs go in. Game over. <laughs> football West was a good one in football. He was a good coach. CA was a good coach. Like, they, they always know how to dr- drive you. But Jerkowski, I took to the best there. But he was another one. They don't take any shit. Like, you're going to do what they want, when they want, how they want it. And you're going to work. How many state championship teams have we had? Uh, <laughs> one. When Keller was a... Well, actually, they didn't even win the state championship. That and that's, that, and that's yeah. not to be critical of every name you mentioned. I'm just saying, you know, from from an approach standpoint, maybe taking a different approach in some of those... You know, in some of those sports could have been... Yeah, talking about approach. High school baseball to Legion baseball. How different... With the same kids, yep. went from not so, winning in the high school varsity season. I don't know if you knew this. Season. Our sophomore years when we started playing Legion, right? Uh, yeah, because it was after the high school varsity so, season. Our sophomore year, we're JV kids. No, I wasn't. I was cut my tenth grade year. Oh, I played Legion that summer, but I was, was that cut the my summer tenth grade we went year. to Danville, or was it 11th junior year? Grade we went to Danville. So junior year, we're all we're both on varsity baseball. We go. Two and two and A Couple weeks later, Legion starts. Different coach, the high school coach. Pretty much in. all the same players. Yep. No, Most we lost all the seniors. Ah, uh, okay. So half of our team is gone. We become the leaders of the team. We have a bunch of kids going into tenth, and the new juniors coming in. So younger kids and us, different coach, 
We win the district, beating all the same teams that we played in high school, plus better teams, like because the district in Legion expanded further, faced a kid who ended up getting drafted twice and walking away from it. Was that Button? Yeah. Yeah. From Montrose? It related to the Grandquists. Somehow. Baseball family. Uh, but we we lost our first two or three games. Four, four games. Finished one out the eight. rest of the season. One out the rest of the season. Beat DV in a best of three. Beat Montrose, Montrose. in a best of three. Ended up going to Danville. Playing a state tournament, which... We went one and two down there, didn't we? No, no. We we lost to Mansfield because they had two D one pitchers thrown against us. Disgusting, absolutely disgusting. But without, and then we lost to Tunkana. Yeah, but without getting too deep into the story and giving too many specifics, the point of that was, I mean, it's just the approach, the approach from the varsity season to the Legion season. It was completely different. Mm-hmm. There was the Legion season wasn't. We're going to try to get everybody in. If we're down, we're just going to push people. And no, it's you earn your spot. You continue to play, and you make your own mistakes. Like, you dig yourself out. And you have fun. That was the most important part. And they kind of let us take control. Yeah, kind of. Okay. But, they really had no choice but to let me take control <laughs> that one game. But when uh, when you get your company name figured out, let us know. Uh, when you get your websites and whatnot up and running, let us know. Your podcast, when that's sorted out, you got the podcast name, let us know. We'll post it on here for you. We'll let our audience know, and we'll help you spread the word about all that. For sure, man. I appreciate that. I want to commend both of you, too, for uh, sticking with this podcast. I'm going to start back in October, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, October. And uh, I'm sure, like, hey, it was the whole just get started mentality. And here you are today. I mean, I'm sure you got much better equipment than you did from day one. I know we're talking about this mixer back here behind me, this little <laughs> little tiny guy. Um, so, like, I commend both of you for sticking with that. If this is something you guys enjoy doing, we need more of that in the world too. Chasing your passions, chasing your dreams, um, just doing whatever it is that makes you happy. Uh, so fun. So, congrats to both of you. It's been a lot of fun today. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. Thanks for coming by, man. Guys, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube at Nonsense and Deep Thoughts Podcast. And you can find us now on Instagram as well. Make sure you give that page a follow. That's at MDT Podcast. And we will catch you guys next week. We hope you enjoyed today. Later.